from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. the scene last evening from Tower Grove Park, a vigil held for the victims of the shooting at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. 16-year-old Alex Macias was there, and they were in class when his health teacher, Jean Kushka, was shot and killed. Macias remembers Kushka as someone who was dedicated to her family and loved teaching. It seems like she really cares about her family and values them, and her family cares about and values her. She has several kids, she has grandkids, she had pets she cared about. She seemed like she actually cared about the students. Kushka spent about half her 38-year teaching career with St. Louis Public Schools. Eli Cardi is a sophomore at Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience, which shares the same campus with the Performing Arts High School. Kushka was her cross-country coach. I saw her just last week at a meet. I mean, I'm just, it's surreal, and it shouldn't have happened. When reached earlier yesterday, Kushka's daughter, Abby, said her mom loved working with kids. Her passion is helping kids, and she loved making a difference, and she loved informing the younger generation about health and, you know, about playing sports and working as a team. Earlier this morning, officials identified the name of the 15-year-old student who was killed. Her name is Alexandria Bell. Back at last night's rally, second-year CVPA teacher Ashley Meredith spoke. It is a lot to process that this happened today and that we still have the rest of the school year to go through. And somehow, we're going to move forward. I know a lot of the other CVPA teachers weren't able to be here tonight because a lot of us are still processing. But as I was listening to some of our students and the members of the community, one of the biggest things I was thinking is especially for CVPA, music is a healing experience. It's something that we teach to our students. It's something we prioritize in a situation where schools often don't, where that's the first thing you cut. But it is one of the most powerful things we have. And I don't have much to say for plans for the future or hope about how this isn't gonna happen again. Cause I, I don't know. Again, that's the scene from last night's candlelight vigil in Tower Grove Park. And now to talk more about the shooting yesterday at Central Visual and Performing Arts School, we have in our studio Rachel Littman, reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Rachel, thank you for being here. Of course, Danny. Rachel, in the last 24 hours, we've learned a lot more about the people who were hurt and killed yesterday in that shooting, and including, as we just heard, health teacher Jean Kushka. What do we know about her? 
From all accounts that we have gotten from former staff, uh, students of hers, etc., she was a solid teacher who cared a lot about her students. One former student on Facebook posted that Ms. Kushko was a teacher who had supported this individual into her adult life and had always just cared for and cared about the students. Obviously, her whole uh, professional career had been teaching both at a Catholic school and then with the St. Louis Public Schools. Somebody who wanted her students to grow, um, really cared about teaching them how to be healthy um, and also, you know, be a part of a team, which is a big thing with, you know, sports and not just, you know, sports. Being part of a team helps not just with sports, but in general. Yeah, and and you know she had been a teacher for so many years, decades, as you mentioned, and you know some of her former students are you know of course both adults, but also people in public life. One was actually State Representative Lakeisha Bosley, who tweeted um, last night uh, that she had had uh, Jean Kushka as a gym teacher at a different middle school, and uh, the represent- representative wrote, "This hits home." Uh, she wrote on Twitter, "Rest well, Miss Kushka. Thank you for everything." And I think the fact that, you know, she's mentioning a middle school teacher. How many of our middle school teachers do we remember and talk about having an impact on our lives? So I think that speaks to, you know, here's this individual who is in her 20s, maybe 30 years old, middle school, you're what, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And Mm -hmm. this is a teacher that's had enough of an impact on your life to remember and reflect upon that many years later. Right. And I, I think on, on Jean Kushka's, uh, her profile on SLPS, which was still up, you know, this was a gym teacher. This was someone who wrote about caring about her students' health, about their longevity, about preparing them uh, to have successful, meaningful lives. Certainly not the stereotypical gym teacher you think no, of. No, no. And you s- there's so much warmth and so much um, memory that comes out of this. And, you know, we're also just, you know, just this morning learning about the victim, uh, the student victim, the high school student, Alexandria Bell, who we just mentioned. Um, Can you tell us anything about what we know about her? Just that she was a 15-year-old student at Central Visual and Performing Arts, and obviously she'll be missed by her friends and her family. Yeah. And, you know, we are still just in these first 24 and 48 hours. And so these pieces of information are just hitting us one after the next. And along with information about this victim, uh, Alexandria, we're also learning more about the shooter. And some of that, those details just came out this morning in terms of the weapons that was used and even a bit of, of what he had written. Tell us about what we've just started to learn about the shooter. We know it was confirmed yesterday that the shooter was a former student at the school who had graduated just last year. He's 19 years old. And uh, the interim police chief, Michael Sack, said essentially he had left a note in his vehicle when uh, the shooter, you know, traveled to the school, essentially saying he had been a loner, that he had planned to go to the school and conduct a school shooting. He wanted the attention, it seems as though. He had left a note saying that, you know, I I don't have any friends. I've never had a girlfriend. I'm an isolated loner. And uh, the chief urged individuals in the community that if you see someone struggling with mental health and they are beginning to speak about purchasing weapons, to please reach out so that that individual can be directed to to services. Um, The weapon was a high-powered rifle, and the shooter had more than 600 rounds of ammunition on him when he went into the school. And and the police just released images even of of this weapon and of of the amount of ammunition that they recovered still. He, He brought a lot. He brought a lot. It was very, very clear that he wanted there to be some significant damage done at this school.
Now, I wanted also to uh, a point of, of clarification, I think, about the the area where this tragedy happened. I know we've been talking a lot about Central VPS, that Central Visual and Performing Arts School, but there is a second school that actually shares this campus and where these students also experienced this school shooting. That is the Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience. Can you tell us just a bit about you know, these two schools and, and how this incident really impacted students at, at both of them? Yes. So the school the is a, an old high school. I believe it was originally years and years ago, Southwest High School. And it's now where Central Visual and Performing Arts are located, as well as, as you mentioned, this other medical and bioscience school. It is one building, but both of these schools share this one campus. It's spread by Arsenal Kings Highway, I think a street called Boardman and a street called Kemper, right at that corner there. And collegiate medical and bioscience, you sort of enter from the back of the building, where a central VPA, as I understand it, occupies sort of the the front of the building. So think about it as, you know, two entrances to the same high school, but they are separate uh, campuses, separate schools, essentially, if you, you are enrolled in one or the other. Mm-hmm. And but these students, you know, when they were evacuated, they they ran through these same areas. We, we received a message from one of these students uh, yesterday uh, who, who wrote uh, to us saying there were shooters in Collegiate this morning. There were shooters in Central this morning, you know, saying that this happened both in the same place. Their hallways are my hallways, uh, the student wrote. We all endured a horror today. They did. In fact, it's a traumatic experience, regardless of what school sweater you wear. Mm-hmm. Now, in our last couple minutes here, um, as we're learning more about this situation, we're also hearing from the police about their response times. And I think there's a lot of um, scrutiny on how these responses play out after the Uvalde shooting in Texas, which, you know, that that clock went past an hour. That is not the case from our understanding here not, at this point. Not even close. The first calls for an active shooter at the school came into the St. Louis Police Department. This is according to a timeline they provided yesterday, came in around nine. 10 Monday morning. Officers arrived at 9.15. Some of them were, as we understand it, on duty at a funeral nearby or off duty and providing security at a funeral nearby. They got into the building around 9.20, so within 10 minutes of getting on that scene, and within minutes, the suspect was killed. Wow. And Rachel, what are the next uh, steps that you're looking at? There is a school board meeting tonight, but we are going to keep learning more about this, the victims, the shooter. Where's your... Where's your perspective going on this? Certainly how the shooter was able to access this weapon. There is some indication that he may not have been legally able to purchase uh, a weapon of this kind. We know that he does not have any felony records as an adult, but juvenile records are sealed. The police say how this individual is able to acquire the weapon is part of the ongoing investigation. And just how school districts respond to this when, from all accounts, they had measures in place. How do you balance students attending and feel comfortable in a building and going to school that doesn't feel, for lack of a better way to put it, like a prison that has to be hyper, hyper, hyper to secure to prevent this? And I think we know the answer to this, unfortunately, but does this move any kind of policy changes? Those are some really big questions, both you know, in the small scale of what happens to this school, but also to all schools, as, as we all kind of are roiled by these events and as we, we look at what can we do. Um, Rachel Littman is a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Rachel, thank you so much for being here and for covering this story. I wish it would be under better circumstances, but it's a pleasure to be on, Dan. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer. 
Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.